Blog Talk Radio. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the land, Fox News warned its viewers of a dastardly plan. The liberals were launching their war on the season to get rid of Christmas and commit acts of treason, removing decorations out of their sight and telling you that Santa and Jesus ain't white. Environmentalists will come right after your soul. They hate all things Christmas, especially the coal. They'll sneak in your house all dressed in their flannel and instead give the bad kids some new solar panels. They'll take up all decorations that please us. They'll even go after tiny baby Jesus. Now all these fox lies cause such a frustration. Who would save us all from this misinformation? When live from the net there came lots of chatter. Could it be old Saint Nick or perhaps someone fatter? Broadcasting from New Orleans down in Louisiana, it was none other than liberal Dan coming to save the holiday season busting through their lies with facts, logic, and reason. But I cannot do it myself, he exclaimed. So he called other groups, each one by name. On Christians, on Muslims, on Wiccans, on Jews, on Hindus, on Buddhists, and atheists too. Let's all spread the word and tell them indeed that there's no war on Christmas, just one on greed. So instead of joining this manufactured fight, listen to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. You can also join us in the chat room and ask questions in there or connect via Skype that way. Or if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com. So there's lots of interesting uh, things that have happened during this the transition uh, to the Trumpocalypse. However, um, what I first want to do, in, instead of um, talking about you know doing headlines or whatever, I, I wanted to talk about my ride-sharing experience over the weekend because that was just fun. Uh, I mean, I made a decent amount of money within the, you know, for the amount of time that I worked, and that was all good, well and good. But uh, I picked up this one carload of people. It was going to be eventually be five people. Um, there was some drama that was going on, and so somebody stayed back at one of the hotels. We had to go stop it, pick them up from one place, had to go take them to one hotel, then had to go to their house or to some party or something that was going on over in the next parish over. So while we're waiting for uh, the individuals to get back out of the hotel room that they had to go pick somebody up at, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, the um, start having a, a conversation about, I don't know what it was and what brought it up, um, but apparently this guy is, um, even though he dropped the F-bomb a bunch, and he was rather drunk, he's supposedly a very devout Christian. Um, and it's, and it somehow came up 
that I was raised Jewish. And so he instantly brought up about him being a born-again Christian, and I knew that this was going to be interesting. So I tried to, I tried to nip it in the bud from the start. I tried to, tried to, you know, kind of get him to, you know, you know, not want to debate me in anything, I guess. So I, I, I started talking about how, um, the, I think he was talking about how the Jews were, were God's chosen people. And I said, and yes, it's very interesting because if you, the covenant with the Jews is still intact. So if, so Jews at that point don't necessarily have to follow that one particular path because the eternal covenant with God is eternal and God's word is perfect. And normally that's enough to get people to shut up because really when I have a religious debate, because I knew I had at least another 15, 20 minutes in the car with this guy, but he still continued. And the conversation eventually got to how, um, what was it? I forget, I forget exactly where it got. I don't think it started off initially with all with the horribleness of the anti-Semitism and, and the stereotyping and scapegoating. Well, maybe not scapegoating. But he, um, we, we got to the point of the election, and he was like, I'm so happy. He was like, I'm so happy that Donald Trump won. Like, Ugh. And he's trying to tell me all about how, um, now how Donald Trump was sent by God or sent by Jesus to bring back this country and restore the greatness because he really felt that during the time, the presidency of Barack Obama, that it was going to be the end times. And I was having enough at that point in time, but I, I, I really wasn't enough for me to really seriously consider kicking them out of the car. But then, then we, I said, well, you know, you, ha- you have to understand, I guess, from this sort of point of view. I was trying to go for some compassion now. And I said, look, as somebody who was raised Jewish, there were some problematic things about his campaign that made us be a little bit afraid of the people who he was talking to and the people who he was um, egging on. And he then, oh, no, he, you know, he didn't mean all those things. Because for some reason, we'll get into that a little bit, too. He doesn't mean anything he says. Then why are you voting for him? What could you possibly believe just because it's not Hillary? Not Hillary means it's okay, apparently. So then he starts talking about how Jews have always found a way to survive. And part of the reason that Jews have always found a way to survive uh, is the fact, according to him, that Jews are all, you know, controlling world banking. International bankers, we have all the money. We have all of our hands and all the pockets and all the pots and yada yada. And I'm like, I wish I had my hand, my hands on some of that money then. If, if apparently I missed the boat. But and then he starts wanting to try and explain to me the Rothschilds and how they first came to be and the way that he was able to finagle his situation from living in a ghetto to being controlling and using money like French money to bankroll English bonds or whatever, however it goes. And I really, 
really just would have loved to have been able to just say, you know what, look, we're going to stop here. We're going to, we're going to no longer have this conversation because I really don't want to be having this conversation in my car at this point in time. He, uh, but that never happened because I was on a okay surge and I was on an okay, you know, it was a decent trip. I didn't want to lose that on the money. Um, I don't know if that's stereotypical or not, but I have a family to feed. So part of me didn't necessarily want to be um, passing up good money um, over just some dude being an idiot. But, of course, I I rated him a one star, so I would never have the possibility of seeing him again as putts. But I still, just the sheer craziness that just was this conversation, it was... You know, him trying to lecture me on, on Jews and how Jews controlled world banking. And I'm like, I'm like, come on. Seriously? Now, something else also happened. On a, pre- on a next trip, on our way on a future trip, I actually wound up had a, had to say no to advances made by a female customer. And she was drunk and she was high. And I'm not a fan of non-consent. I am a fan of consent. I don't think she was ever in a condition where she could have consented, even if all the other factors would have been met that would have allowed this thing to happen. Like, you know, me being single instead of me being married and me not being her Uber driver. Um, If all those were to happen, you know, Still, she wasn't sober enough to consent to anything. So that in and of itself lost it. Plus, you have the fact that it's against the Uber, Uber policy, and I'm a married guy. So she was making advances towards me, and I had to find the best way to just kind of brush it off and like get, like, get her out of my car because she wouldn't get out of my car and make sure that she got in her house safely without allowing her to grab me a lot. It was interesting to say the least. And it put me in a predicament because until she got out of the car, I was willing to give him a five just to say, okay, good. You get a five done. But then when they were pretty much, um, you know, the guy gets out of the car immediately and leaves me alone with his woman. And the woman starts trying to make advances towards me. I'm like, I wish I could just change this writing back to a one because I don't want to have to have to deal with these people again because it's just, it's uncomfortable. You know, I'm not going to say it puts me in a position that many women are in because it's not, it's not a, it's not a position that many different women are in. It's not, the position that many women are in are typically much worse than the situation that I was in. And I definitely, you know, I wasn't in any danger. I wasn't in any, physical danger at least it's possible that you know if i would have pissed her off she could have made lies about me but it wasn't any in any physical at least immediate physical danger because of you know me saying no whereas a lot of other times you have women who will say that you know no 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 and then they fear for their lives because or fear for their safety because the men don't want to take no for an answer so it's there is a slight difference there but you know and i've actually been in a situation where i would was unsure about the person, you know, the person who was hitting on me at the time was bigger than me and, and was trying to 
pushed himself onto me, and it was not a very pretty picture. Fortunately, I was in a public space, so nothing could really happen above and beyond him being a um, space encroacher and sexual harasser. But um, uh, there's just two interesting trips over the course of the weekend. And I'm just not going to stop me from driving for Uber. There's some very large, potentially large profit weekends that are coming up towards the end of the year. And that's going to be excellent. But I just, I can't believe that I had to deal with that anti-Semitism that was going on. I can't believe that I had to deal with the person trying to get up all on, get up, get up on all this stuff, all my, no, and you know, maybe it makes me feel good because, you know, maybe she's a chubby chaser and Hey, awesome. It's good for people to, to like people of various sizes. I mean, Hey, that, that gives, that should give all you other uh, large men some hope that maybe hopefully if she's, she had the same taste, if she wasn't sober or if she was sober, I mean, and hopefully that would give some other people some, some opportunities, I guess, who knows. Um, but from the way it seemed, she seemed like she was going to be a, pretty much a lush all the time. And, and she, she looked like she could have been very bitter if I would have rejected her advances in a way that was, um, that she would find insulting. Anyway, let's go ahead take the first commercial break. Come back, take your calls. Eric code three, four, seven, eight, three, eight, eight, three, six, eight. That's area code three, four, seven, eight, three, eight, eight, three, six, eight. This is liberal Dan radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. I am sick and tired of the propaganda in today's media. You know, we can't have a sane discussion about politics. Well, yes, you can, and it's on ROJS Radio Live with the girls, Monica RW, and Autumn F. I'm there every week when they discuss Michigan and national politics, job search, unemployment, and more from an independent laugh, sanity-based point of view. So, tune in. ROJS Radio Live, Saturdays and Sundays at 11 a.m. sharp here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. Uh, 
obviously it's winter and even though it's not that cold for us, we, we did get some nice little, you know, it's actually 80 over Sunday, but it was cold earlier in the weekend. So with all these weather changes, you know, everyone says, <coughs> the science says, oh, no, that doesn't happen. It's not the weather changes that cause it. But then every time the weather changes, it, it you seem to have coughs coming around. And while perhaps it's uh, not causational, but correlative, it's still a pain in the butt. So, um fighting this cough, and hopefully it'll go away soon, so I don't have to worry about it for another week. Um, so, Trump, <coughs> of all the people who he could have picked, well, maybe Petraeus might have been a worse pick. Maybe. But this is high up there for the worst possible pick that Trump could have made for Secretary of State. So let's let's look at what ExxonMobil says about Chairman and Chief Executive Officer Rex Tillerson. Native of Wichita Falls, Texas, Rex Tillerson earned a BS in civil engineering at UT Austin before joining Exxon in 1975 as a production engineer. In 89, he became general manager of Exxon Company's USA Central Production Division, responsible for oil and gas production operations through a large portion of Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Kansas. (coughs) Three years later, he was named production advisor to Exxon Corporation. Three years after that, he was named president of Exxon Yemen and Esso Exploration and Production Corhat Inc., in 1998, he became vice president of Exxon Ventures, CIS, Inc., and president of Exxon Neftegas Limited. In those roles, he was responsible for Exxon's holding in Russia and the Caspian Sea, as well as the Sakhalin, sorry, a one consortium operations offshore Sakhalin Island, when where? Russia. In December 1999, he became Executive Vice President of ExxonMobil Development. Uh, Mr. Tillerson was named Senior Vice President of ExxonMobil Corporation in 2001. He was elected President of the Corporation and Member of the Board of Directors on March 1, 2004. And he assumed his current position January 1, 2006. So over 10 years ago, he's been head of Exxon. He's a member of the Executive Committee and a former Chairman of the American Petroleum Institute. He is a member of the Society of Petroleum Engineers and trustee of the Center for Strategic International Studies. He is a member of the Natural Petroleum Council and member of Business Roundtable Business Council, honorary trustee of the Business Council for International Understanding, and member of the Emergency Committee for American Trade. 2013, he was elected to the National Academy of Engineering. Mr. Tillerson is the vice president, vice chairman of the Ford's Theater Society, immediate past national president of the Boy Scouts of America former director of the UNCF. Uh, he is also a member of the Chancellor's Council Development Board, Engineering, blah, 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 blah. Honorary Doctorate of Engineering Engineer from Worcester Polytechnic. He was awarded the Order of Friendship by Vladimir Putin, President of the Russian Federation. Yeah. So three years ago, Putin gave him the Order of Friendship. <coughs> so that's just... A glance. That's just what Exxon says about him. That's the glowing, the glowing um, 
um, mark or explanation. This was a biased view of him or whatever, and trying to make paint him in the in the best light. And even in that, we we don't see. Um, even in that, we don't see reasons why we should be happy over the fact that he would be our next Secretary of State, especially when we're having to deal with a growingly aggressive Russia. And here's a guy who Russia named him the gave him the Order of Friendship, the Order of freaking Friendship. I mean, well, whose butt did he have to kiss um, in order to get that? Or how much money is there um, connecting the two? So if you go to Wikipedia to look at the Order of Friendship, um, it's a state de- decoration um, created by Boris Yeltsin to reward foreign nationals whose work, deeds, and efforts were aimed at the betterment of relations with the Russian Federation and its people. So basically, he... Um, was able to probably get lots of billions of dollars uh, in oil stuff to help um, to help Russia get along, and I'm sure he was very uh, very um, you know Putin was very happy indeed to have such a close uh, partner in in such oil uh, um, exploration and other areas of oil development. An energy development that came with Tillerson's uh, work in Russia. According to Wikipedia, Tillerson has close ties with Vladimir Putin of Russia. Uh, they've been associates since Tillerson ex- represented Exxon's interest in Russia during Boris Yeltsin's uh, premiership. John Hamry, president and CEO of Center for Strategic International Studies, um, said that Tillerson has and more interactive time with Vladimir Putin than probably any other American with the exception of Henry Kissinger. Um, he is a friend of Igor Session, second leader of the Kremlin's uh, Silovoki military faction, who is widely believed to be Russian's second most powerful person after Putin. Um, in 2011, on behalf of ExxonMobil, Tillerson signed an agreement with Russia uh, for drilling in the Arctic that would be valued at $300 billion. $300 billion. Uh, the company became drilling in the Kara Sea in the summer of 2014, and sanctions against Russia introduced in September because of the Ukrainian crisis brought that project to a stop. So let me see. Obama helped put sanctions preventing um, Tillerson and Putin to continue with this $300 billion deal. So Trump then wins with supposedly, because the conspiracy theory goes, with the help of the Russian Federation. The then He then, to reward one of Putin's friends gives this guy the secretary of state's nomination and Trump will likely seek to turn around and prevent and, and no longer prevent them from watching or drilling for oil in the Arctic. So Trump here 
is going to be helping his good buddy Vlad. But he, he told you, no puppet, no puppet. You know what? It looks like there's a damn big puppet in the White House right now because you've got this guy with such so close business ties to Vladimir Putin now signing or, or now becoming Secretary of State. It's just, it's bizarre. It's strange. Why anybody would think that this is a good idea is beyond me. Um, let's see. Competition. In 2012, Tillerson's compensation package was $40.5 million. It was $28.1 million in 2013, 31, $33.1 million in 2014, $27.2 million in 2015. So over the last four years, uh, he has gotten $73, $90, $127 million. Yeah, he's not hurting. I'm sure he's just fine. So he doesn't even need a position, but he's going to have the position, and now he's going to be able to probably make himself much more wealthy. Much more wealthy. Why? Because he'll be able to. Let's go ahead and take the second commercial break. Take your calls as well, 347-838-8368. Terry code 347-838-8368. This is Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. representation or advice on issues such as family law, bankruptcy law, DWI, or other civil or criminal matters, you need hands-on legal advice from someone who will treat you as a priority and not just another number. So call the law office of Sherry I. Sandler at 504-528-9500. That's 504-528-9500. Or email sandlerlaw at cox.net. I trust Sherry with my legal needs. So should you. The preceding ad was an unpaid client endorsement. Do you like fun jewelry? Do you wish you could design jewelry that is designed just for you and that tells your story? Well, with Origami Owl, you can do just that. An Origami Owl jewelry bar is a fun way to get together with your friends, hang out, and design jewelry. There is no pressure to buy, but when you host a party, either in person or online, you have the opportunity to get deeply discounted jewelry based on what the friends you invite to the party purchase. If you would be interested in holding a party, either online or in person, go to cassiezcharms.origamiowl.com. That is C-A-S-S-I-E-Z charms.origamiowl.com and contact Cassie today. Welcome back to Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, is 347-838-3688. And I'm probably going to end the show a little early today just because of the fact that I'm fighting this cough or whatever. But I did want to get on here and talk a little, about, a little bit about some stuff and put a little bit of content out there. Um, Rick Perry. Rick freaking Perry. When he ran for president and he wanted to name three things, three departments that he would cut 
He couldn't remember the third one, and the third one was the Department of Energy. He couldn't even remember the Department of Energy, and that's one that he wanted to cut, and that's what he's going to lead. Seriously? Seriously, guys? You know, he says we're draining the swamp, but doesn't look like he's replacing it with much better. And I've heard Jeff Carrera on the morning show in New Orleans here say, oh, well, he was head of Texas. Texas deals with lots of energy. But you're going to be responsible for helping to guide energy policy. And we in this country need to invest in alternative fuels and everything like that. And Rick Perry is not going to be the person that's going to be a person who's going to be in there who's going to want to or help us do anything good. Because he wanted to shut the damn thing down. We have multiple nominees now or multiple um, yeah, nominations of people who want to close down the departments that they're going to be sent to, to lead. And people wonder why nobody has much faith in this guy, in Trump. None. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead in the show now because I'm feeling a little coffee, coughing coming on soon. So um, thank you for listening. Short episode this week. Tune in next week, 8 p.m. Central on Wednesday, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Also go to facebook.com slash liberaldan or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Of course, you can see all of the shows um, and some other content as well on, the, on liberaldan.com. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk to the last, that's right.